Tonight, tonight. Why not? He'll make you think. I think I'm going to break protocol here, though. He'll make you laugh. Is it conceited of me? Because, I mean, I'm puffing my chest out a little bit. And he lives for a take that'll make you do both. He says things I can't say. Nothing tops overtime, whether it's on the field or on the air. People don't forget. It's time for Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. And a welcome on in. It is Overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. Glad you guys could be with me here on this Monday. Kind of a ho-hum weekend. Had a lot of fun. You know, sometimes you like ho-hum weekends, though. Sometimes you like the weekend where it feels like at the end of it you didn't really do much. Had a nice time golfing. That's always fun. Always enjoy that. Got to spend a lot of time with the family. That's always a good time. I looked back on it earlier today. I was like, what did we even do this weekend? Outside of now, every time I say anything, I end with it saying chef because we watched like seven episodes of The Bear. And so now everything's like, uh, hey, hand me that remote, chef. Hey, chef. And that's a little annoying. So we're going to try to make sure we don't do that on the radio all night long. But I was thinking, I was like, what is the most interesting thing that happened? The most interesting thing that happened to me this weekend was having one of the uh, delivery drivers for one of the apps. We don't, we usually don't do the apps, by the way. Usually I'll go pick up the food because I just, I don't know, I have a hard time doing the apps. I mean, like, all right, we're going to pay for this. But my wife got one of those emails. It's like 40% off. Like, all right, well, it makes, makes up for all of it. Let's go ahead and do it. We ordered the food. Food showed up, and it was, I wanted burrito tacos. You guys ever had burrito tacos? They're just, they're fantastic. Burrito, not barrio, burrito. They're like a, it's a different type of taco. Just Google it. They're fantastic. There's brisket on the inside. They're just, it's really, really good. It's really good. Anyway, so I wanted, I wanted those type of tacos. It's like my favorite thing right now. Haven't had it in a month and a half or so. And so I wanted some and we ordered them and then the, and then Chinese food showed up. And what do you do in that scenario? That was it. And if that's what, that's like the highlight of the weekend as far as an interesting standpoint. And we had a good weekend by all accounts because at this point in life, I'll take the quiet weekends over the really, really busy ones. Who needs that nonsense? Now we'll keep you posted on the Guardians as soon as that one gets underway. And obviously we'll do a lot of Guardians post game and a lot of conversation within the Guardians when that's done. The worry I would have right now, you always hate when they go out to the ballpark. And it looks like it's not that bad of weather conditions. Because when they're in the rain delay and it doesn't look awful, like it's always nice when you go, you cut to like the rain delay scene and it's just a torrential downpour and it looks like it's just a miserable time and you're like, whew, thank God I didn't drive to Pittsburgh and have tickets for that game tonight. You're like, all right, it's, that's fine. It's justifiable. The rain delay is justifiable. But when I'm looking at what I'm seeing on the screen right now and I don't even see rain coming down, that means they're preparing for the rain to come down. And so that means this one might end up being a long rain delay, which means hang tight with me because we got a lot to get to tonight. And so where I want to start with you guys this evening is talking about some comments that Stump Mitchell had to say on, it's called the Dogs Podcast. This is part of the Fan Sided Network. Their uh, podcast had Stump Mitchell on, Stump Mitchell, the running backs coach. And he was talking about Nick Chubb and, and, there's a couple things I think stand out. I'll play the clip for you. We can go from there. Stump Mitchell, Browns running backs coach. Here we go. Nick will probably go all year, and he will probably have about, I would say, 15 runs where he probably could have pressed the run track a little bit more. If, if, we, can, if we can improve upon that, uh, I think he could probably lead the league in, in, in rushing. Regardless, of, even though those guys may have still 100 more 
carries, then he will. Yep. It doesn't matter. Right. If we can if we can improve upon that, he can still lead the league in rushing because he's averaging over 5.2 yards a carry. If we can improve upon that, I think he can average maybe six yards a carry. True. And, oh, and, he can, and he can lead the league in rushing. So when I nick picnic, it's, it, he understands there's big yardage that we left we left on the on the on the field. Six yards a carry. At first, I wondered if this was a little bit of hyperbole, but it might not be. You know, at first, I thought it's like when Lamar says he'll throw for 6,000 yards this year. Lamar, you've never thrown for 4,000 yards. You're not going to all of a sudden break an NFL record in year one of you being a passing quarterback. One quarterback last year, Patrick Mahomes, broke the 5,000 mark. I, but I loved it. I loved the confidence from Lamar Jackson to say it. I completely disagreed with it, but I loved the confidence attached to all of it. And I love the confidence attached to Stump Mitchell believing Nick Chubb can get six yards a pop. I got mad at Justin Jefferson last week. I never actually ended up getting mad on air at him. I got mad off the air and was like, oh, I'm going to bring this up. And then I had the audio all ready to go. Somehow in a five-hour show, we just run out of time. It seems like way too often. But I got mad at Justin Jefferson last week because he was asked who his top five quarterbacks in the NFL are, and he didn't say Kirk Cousins' name. I know, I know. Jonathan, you watched, uh, uh, you know, one quarterback series with Kirk Cousins, and now all of a sudden you think he's great because he's a nice guy. No, it's not true. I like Kirk Cousins as a guy. I think he is, well, actually, going through the final eight part of the series, first couple, first couple episodes, you're like, is Kirk Cousins kind of cool, actually? And then you get to the final eight, and you're like, no, he's, he's very nerdy. But, <laughs> but he seems like a really nice guy. And so, yes, I like Kirk Cousins while also admitting I don't think he's a great quarterback. But if I was his wide receiver, you, a guy that just won you 13 games last year, you act like he's Patrick Mahomes. You take Patrick Mahomes' son, Patrick Mahomes III, you strip him of the third title, and you call him Kirk Cousins the third. Like, that's what you do there. I, you, you go down with the ship in that one. You're Justin Jefferson with the success you've had. You make Kirk Cousins out to be the greatest thing ever. Dallas Goddard, Eagles tight end, I thought did this right. Last week he came out, they're like, Dallas, who do you think is the best quarterback in the NFL? Give me your top five. I know we're in the part of the year where athletes got all of a sudden ranked their top five quarterbacks for some reason, but that's the, that's the time of the year that we're in. And Dallas Goddard was like, uh, oh, wow. Close one at the top. Uh, Mahomes won. Man, Jalen Hurts, though, he's right there. He's right. He might be number one. He might be. And no and no one in their right mind would put Jalen Hurts over Patrick Mahomes. But you know what that was with Dallas Goddard? That was him being loyal to, you know, his quarterback, Jalen Hurts. I love that stuff. I, I There is no part of my brain that thinks it's a bad idea to prop up your quarterback, your running back, anybody around you in general, in life. I walk out of this studio and Dominic, who's around the board for us, and Dominic would never say this, mainly because it's not true, but he would never say it just in general. If I walk out, Dominic goes, hey, JP, let me to tell you this for a while. You might just be the next Howard Stern. You might be, you might be just that good. I would know it's not true, but I would also think, you know what? Not bad to have somebody in your corner. Not bad to have somebody, you know, think that you're awesome at something. It's not a bad thing. It's never a bad thing. And and what's the worst that happens when you overshoot? 
the people in the media get all like, oh, wow, can't believe he said that. But then they have that realization where everything comes back to a logical sense. They say, of course he said that. Why else would he say? What do you expect him to say? It's only a surprise when people like Justin Jefferson don't include their own quarterbacks in the top five rankings. Hell, we had a ranking of Deshaun Watson tomorrow, and all of a sudden we got Amari Cooper on there, and Amari Cooper didn't have Deshaun Watson as a top-five quarterback, even though in these six games Amari Cooper played with Deshaun Watson, he was absolute dog doo-doo. You'd be like, Amari, what's going on, man? What's, what's up? I would, do, I would do three hours on that topic. I would spend all day talking about that. So I like the confidence from Stump Mitchell. I love that. Chubb averaged 5.6 yards per carry in 2020. Before you pull up the pro football reference, I can tell you how close he was to six yards and how close he is in general. In the Super Bowl era with over 150 attempts, I've got five players to average over six yards per carry. OJ, Barry Sanders, Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles is at the top of this list. What a season he had in 2010. We don't talk about that enough. But that 2012 AP season that I'm talking about, that's the one where he won the league MVP, the last non-quarterback to win the award, Adrian Peterson, 2012. Nick Chubb will have to put up a ridiculously awesome season in order to get six yards of carry. But there's something we hadn't thought about or hadn't really truly considered in this discussion in talking about Nick Chubb and whether or not he could get to six yards per carry and why maybe it isn't as much hyperbole as maybe I initially thought it was when I first heard the clip. Here's why I don't think he's just gassing him up to gas him up. Browns are going to have a dominant offensive line once again. There's no doubt about that. Pro Football Focus already has him ranked as the top two offensive line in the league. One of the one of the rare advantages that Nick Chubb has had in the time in Cleveland that all the advanced you know the advanced geeks, all those guys, the advanced analytic people that they all talk about consistently, but people in Cleveland just we just like to, to put our you know put our fingers in our ears, and just kind of shut out the noise, is that Nick Chubb's never had a bad offensive line. Nick Chubb has never had what uh, what is deemed to be just a miserable offensive line. He's had less than stellar in the beginning, but for the majority of Nick Chubb's career, he's had awesome offensive lines, which truly does help. But he's, he's, a, great running, he's a great running back independent of that. I, I could give him five garbage cans, and he's still going to average five yards a pop. We're just trying to go from great to all-time great is the difference here. But I think the real difference in this discussion of why I can give this one an actual real shot this year is because for the first time in Nick Chubb's career, the defense is going to have to be zoned in on Deshaun Watson and not Nick Chubb. The defense in game planning for what you would do any given week, let's take week one Cincinnati. Bengals have no idea what Deshaun Watson is with an off-season of preparation, with an off-season of not worrying about whether or not he's going to be wearing an orange suit as opposed to an orange and brown jersey. No idea what he's going to do. You think they're going to game plan for Deshaun Watson or for Nick Chubb? I would bet a lot of money they game plan for Deshaun Watson because you don't want to be down 14 to nothing after two drives because you were game planning for Nick Chubb when Deshaun Watson would just did two simple quick passes to go ahead and put seven up and seven up. Chubb will have that dominant offensive line, and Watson will take enough pressure off of him to make a real run at this. So that's where I'm going to open up, uh, open up with you guys. 216-474-0092. On Twitter, there you can find me. I am at Jay Peterlin. Question I had, though, is who helps who more this year? Is it Watson 
or is it Chubb? If you're game planning against the Browns, what do you do? Week four, week five, imagine you're Shanahan and the 49ers. Are you working towards stopping Chubb or are you stopping Watson? Early parts of the season, I think teams are going to give Watson respect because he earned it based off of Houston. And if he proved you wrong, as I mentioned, you can be down 14 nothing in the blink of the eye. But the cat and mouse game you can play with defenses, if you have a running back getting six yards a pop, is pretty insane. I always joke about in basketball, it took him 40 years to put together the fact that three equals more than two. The three-pointer is just a better shot. It's a better overall play than a two-pointer. It's going to hit, at some point, NFL defenses that if you can get six shards of pop, which, again, it has not been done a ton of times in the Super Bowl era. But if you can get six shards of pop, simple math. I got four downs. I'm averaging six shards of pop. We're going to be all right. Nick Chubb would turn into a cheat code. And the beautiful thing about it is that in years past, when Nick Chubb would get going and get runs and continue to get going, then all of a sudden they'd stack the box and he'd still be able to eat, but he wouldn't be able to eat as healthily. Healthily? That didn't sound right coming out. As healthy is what I meant to say. As healthy. Grammar's hard sometimes, guys. The point is, when you put eight guys in the box, then all of a sudden you're slowing the game down, and then you're you're challenging the quarterback to make plays. And in the Baker era, when they challenged him to make plays, with the exception of the one season when it was Chubb and Hunt, because Hunt was really special in that part of that year as well, that's why it worked. That's why it turned into 11 wins in a postseason win. But in the other years, it was really hard because you didn't have a quarterback that could turn around and punish them for trying to go after Nick Chubb. This year, Nick Chubb can punish anybody. And then Deshaun Watson, in turn, can punish anybody as well. 216-474-0092. Question I have for you guys, at JPeterlin on Twitter, J-P-E-T-E-R-L-I-N. Who helps more this year? Is it Watson or is it Chubb? Who helps who? More. Stump Mitchell says Chubb can average six yards of carry this year. If that is true and he gets the six yards of carry, I think Nick Chubb helps Deshaun Watson more than Deshaun Watson helps Nick Chubb. 216-474-0092. We'll do it all next. It's overtime with Jonathan Beatle here with you on the fan. Nick will probably go all year and he will probably have about, I would say, 15 runs where he probably could have pressed the run track a little bit more. If if we can if we can improve upon that, uh, I think he could probably lead the league in, in in rushing. Regardless of even though those guys may have still a hundred more carries than he will, yep. it doesn't matter. Right. If we can if we can improve upon that, he can still lead the league in rushing because he's averaging over five point two yards a carry. If we can improve upon that, I think he can average maybe six yards a carry. And, and, on, he can, and he can lead the league in rushing. So when I nick picnic, it's it, he understands there's big yardage that we left we left on the on the on the field. Nick pick Nick. Sounds like a bad gamer tag, if I'm being honest about it. Uh, that was the voice of Stump Mitchell. Also, seems like it was incredibly hard to say, and then I said it, and it was easy. And I was like, oh, okay, we can do that. Stump Mitchell on the fan side of network, uh, also part of the the Dogs podcast right there. And I think there's a there, – when listening to it this time around, I mean, the six yards of pop is what we're getting at, and I want to ask you guys, 216-474-0092, who helps who more this year? Is it Watson or is it Chubb? Does Watson help out Chubb or does Chubb help out Watson the most? And we can make a bunch of different arguments in both directions, and we will. But if anybody else had suggested that, that Nick Chubb had been leaving yards on the table, so to speak, we'd have their head. 
I, I, I find that amazing. Stump Mitchell can make a statement like that because Stump Mitchell would know. He might be the only person in and around the greater Cleveland area to be able to make a comment like that and people then are like, oh, yeah, he might, no, he might be right. Yeah, maybe, maybe Nick Chubb does leave a little, little bit of the, uh, uh, you know, yards on the run track left open. Like, what? What? I've never, I've never heard that before. I kind of, I think it's kind of hysterical, but I just, I love the idea of Stump Mitchell suggesting that Nick Chubb has more gas in the tank, so to speak. And it honestly shouldn't surprise us that much. Even though he's had a couple seasons where he's averaged five and a half yards a pop and he's been really, really productive, the way this offensive line is mixed with the speed, the strength, the power that Nick Chubb has really shouldn't surprise us. Because anytime we watch him, I do think this is the best running back I've ever seen play. I, and legitimately, that's how I think. And then I, I'm looking over and I'm seeing guys that have done six shards of pop and OJ's in there. Barry Sanders is in there. Adrian Peterson is in there. A lot of really impressive running backs are in that list. Jamal Charles is also in that list too, though. You know, and then Jamal Charles in 2010 was legitimately awesome, not recognized nearly as well as he was. And there's a lot of Chiefs fans when you talk to them, their favorite player all time is Jamal Charles and then Patrick Mahomes, or it's like Jamal Charles and then Travis Kelsey and then Patrick Mahomes. He still has a lot of Kansas City fans that just loved him, and rightfully so, but let's be honest about it. Nick Chubb should be on that same list. As great as we think he is, and he is, Nick Chubb should be a guy that at some point, as crazy as this sounds, with that offensive line, maybe he is leaving some yards on the table, so to speak. Whew. Incredible to think about because he's just been so good. But Stump Mitchell's right there saying six yards of carry, not out of the question. But if you were to give him some truth serum, I bet the real reason why Stump Mitchell says that he could get six yards of carry isn't necessarily yards left on the run track. It's got more to do with the fact that Stump knows Deshaun Watson is going to open up things for Nick Chubb that, is, that just have never been there before. It's going to look like a completely different offense for Nick Chubb. He's going to have a lot of opportunity because so many teams are just going to be worried about what do we do with Deshaun Watson? How do we stop number four? That's going to be the main goal and the main objective. It's like when you go into a Buffalo Bills game, you don't worry about stopping their running back. You worry about stopping Josh Allen. You know, Patrick Mahomes, great example of this. You go into a a game for Kansas City, you're not worried about Isaiah Pacheco, their seventh-round pick, that, by the way, did the Zeke Elliott spoon-eating thing way more times than a lot of people ever thought he would in his life this last year. He was really productive. In fact, I think he's part of the reason why we're having a running back revolt right now. Kid in the seventh round just put up big-time numbers for an entire season and postseason. And they're like, well, wait, what happened here? Well, well, Patrick Mahomes happened. Defenses had to worry about all the different schemes with Patrick Mahomes and all the different plays and all the different variations. I was just watching that, that quarterback documentary this morning. I'm finishing it up. I got like 20 minutes left in the final episode. And they spent maybe a good five minutes on a, a play they called Snow Globe that you and I on Twitter and the social media places dubbed Ring Around the Rosie. And it was like, it's the, the formation, the Raiders game, the formation where they, they basically play Ring Around the Rosie, where they have the entire offense all running around in a circle, and then they break out of the huddle, and then Mahomes isn't even in shotgun formation. They, they snap the ball back and then get a pitch to Mahomes, who then fires it off into the left side of the end zone, and then it's a touch or a screen, excuse me, on the left side, a bubble screen. Like it's just it's a it's a different it's a different play, but you got to worry about those type of things. You're not as dialed into Pacheco. 
Will teams be less dialed into Nick Chubb if Deshaun Watson gets off to a hot start? One hand washes the other. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Lavon going to lead us off here on the fan side. Hello, Lavon. How are you? What's going on? I'm your number one Browns fan. I got good information for you. All right, what do you got? Uh, the Browns need chemistry and respect. And look, Jim Brown was the greatest running back. So when I see Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, I see versions of Jim Brown in both of them. And if you can bring Jarvis Landry back, that chemistry will be so good. You won't have to worry about the receivers. You want Jarvis you back? Jarvis Landry, yes, because he's always familiar with the uh, team. And, and him and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt had chemistry. That's what the Browns need, chemistry and Gotta take this a long way. What you think about that? All right, well, Vaughn, thank you for the phone call as always. I appreciate you. I mean, that's the number one Browns fan calling in right there. Self-appointed number one Browns fan. I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know where his ranking is. He's gonna have to email me the list that says he's the number one Browns fan. I think there's some people that might have a little bit of a, a little bit of a competition there. But hey, he said it. He might be. He might be when you have a take of bring Jarvis Landry back. Uh, Jarvis Landry's currently a free agent. Last year with the Saints, 25 receptions, just under 300 yards, had a touchdown. It just didn't go well. There was one game where he had a big play. I do remember one big play out of Jarvis Landry last year. But unfortunately, if I'm only remembering one big play, that means you didn't create enough big plays. I don't think that was in the cards, Lafon. James in East Cleveland up next in the fan. Hello, James. What's going on, brother? How you feel? Oh, what's up, James? Uh, Chilla feeling good. Now listen, Nick Chubb has never had a high usage at any time in his career. Uh, when you watch a player like uh, Derrick Henry of Tennessee, you watch at the end of the season, this guy is on his last leg, been rushed 30 times in a game, back-to-back games. Uh, Nick Chubb, it's not a knock to him. I think the guy should get twice as many carries. Uh, but with Stefanski, he's an offensive-minded throwing coach. Uh, I can mention numerous games where they should have gave that ball to Chubb. They don't do that. They like to pass. But I got a question for you. Yeah. Who um, with Deshaun Watson do you think – I don't think Chubb's been – that usage has been the much. He had to split carries with Hunt. And I think with bringing on Deshaun Watson, it's going to go down. Do you think Nick Chubb usage is going to go up or down with Deshaun Watson? No, I agree. I think it's going to go down. Yeah, man. So I think uh, Nick Chubb, that's a benefit to him. He'll get more money. Maybe he'll have a longevity like Emmitt Smith and run the ball for the Cleveland Browns 10, 12 years. But I think he wants more. And I think you should. The guy should be averaging 25 carries. And even with Nick Chubb, I mean, Kareem Hunt not coming back. I hope they can bring him back, but I doubt it. I think that ship sailed, too. So it's Jarvis Landry. I don't even know what that was. But um, <laughs> thank you, brother. I don't either. I appreciate it. Go Browns. Thank you, James. Appreciate you, man. Right, right now we're asking 216-474-0092. Who helps who more this year? Does Watson help Chubb or does Chubb help Watson? Stump Mitchell says six yards a carry and could lead the league in rushing for Nick Chubb this year. Why I said to James that I thought the usage rate was going down for Nick Chubb? Listen, I have made a lot out of that Matthew Berry report from the Combine about him having Deshaun Watson throwing the ball 40 times a game and Chubb potentially having 10 to 15 carries. But I do think that's what Kevin Stefanski wants to do. You don't buy a Lamborghini to have it sit in the garage, okay? I, I don't think he's going to have Deshaun Watson 
be a game manager or be anything similar to what we watched Jacoby Brissett be last year. And there's no disrespect to the game managers of America across there. John Salisbury used to just get so mad anytime I'd bring up anyone being a game manager. I think that's because Sean, for a lot of the time, was, you know, he was basically in the NFL. He was the definition of that, but he did a really good job being that. I think that's why he was sensitive to it is all. But there are game managers across the NFL. Deshaun Watson is not going to be one of them. What I find fascinating about Nick Chubb and the usage rate, though, is the idea that Chubb, if he goes 10 or 12 carries a game, let's say, let's lay it out this way. I think the ideal scenario for the Browns, if they had their druthers, right? If they, if they could choose and pick how each game would go and at the end of it, they could, they could, you know, shake hands and say congratulations as if they just completed some big task in a war or something like congratulations. You got the mission accomplished. Good job, everybody. Drinks on whoever. I think if they had their druthers, they would get a fourth-quarter lead, and they'd let Chubb win the game in the fourth quarter where he's been one of the best running backs in league history. That should be the recipe for the Browns. Have Deshaun go for the first three quarters, build up a massive lead, and then Nick Chubb, almost like he is, you know, a Roldis Chapman or Andrew Miller out of the pen, almost like he's your fireman, where he just comes in and just closes the game out when Deshaun's already got a lead built up, and then Nick Chubb just just takes away a bunch of clock and then continues to just run his ass off and nobody can stop him, and you go from there. But we don't always get what we want the way that we want it. That's just not how life works. It's not how the NFL works either. So I would think Nick Chubb's usage rate would be down, but I don't think that's a bad thing. When Stump Mitchell says he can lead the league in rushing and then also average six yards a pop, I think he's doing so with the idea that if Nick Chubb averages 12 carries, 13 carries a game, but he's averaging six yards a pop, then at the end of the season, he's going to be right up there with everybody else. He's still going to be able to get his. And Twitter reactions brought to you by our friends at Shopping Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Brad on Twitter says, I would actually prefer Chubb be in the 1,100-yard rushing area, but in the four to 500 receiving yard area, 1,600-plus all-purpose yards, would be even better, in my opinion. Yeah, at that point, if he gets the 500 receiving yards, you're not in Christian McCaffrey territory, but you're closer to Austin Eckler territory. That's what you're trending towards. I don't hate the sound of that one bit, and I think Chubb is going to be used more in the receiving game this year than we've ever seen him be used before. I think you can take that to the bank. But when Stump Mitchell says six yards per pop, it does make me wonder. Who in this offense is helping out who more this year? Is Watson helping Chubb or is Chubb helping Watson? A lot of people saying Watson is the one that's helping Chubb out here, and I think that's going to be one of the true differences. But don't get this twisted. Chubb is going to help out Deshaun Watson an absolute ton. There's no doubt in my mind about that. He's the best running back in the league. If at any point, any point, the offenses have to turn around and say we have to respect what Nick Chubb can do here because Nick Chubb's gashed us for eight yards of carry in this game and we're a quarter and a half in. Boom. Everything gets opened up for Deshaun Watson. Alfonso in Cleveland up next on the fan. Hello, Alfonso. Hey, um, hey, gentlemen. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. How are you? I'm all right. Um, you said that you so you saying that Chubb's gonna be used in the receiving core a lot, right? I would think more, yeah, more than we've ever seen him. I would think, yeah. yeah. All right, I agree with you saying on that one, but I'm gonna go a little bit off the path. Okay. 
we get Goodwin, we get Goodwin, and more, right? Mm-hmm. We get, and then we get, and we get them two receivers. So I was just thinking, how come Chubb would be used more, more because we got the two good receivers and we just yeah. the Tennessee Titans receiver Cedric Tillman. Yeah, I would think it's just, and I'll answer it off the air for you. Thank you, Alfonso. I appreciate you, man. I would think it's just because you can you can put Nick Chubb in the backfield and then you can let him go and you can basically do what everyone does with Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler. There's just a there's a multitude of ways you can be more creative in using a running back uh, a running back excuse me to then catch passes as opposed to just lining up Elijah Moore out there and then going for it. It, you just, it just it gives you more options. This is why tight ends are such a big deal in the NFL right now. Because Travis Kelsey can line up and do a bunch of different things, and is he going to block on that play, or is he going to run up and, and go and catch a, a pass in the seam? It just There's so many different varieties and things that you can do, whereas with Elijah Moore, you're more limited, let's say. That's all that is. It just gives you more options. gives you more chances to throw the defense in a little bit of a misdirection. That's all that is. 216-474-0092. And based off of what we've seen in the previous month, with them being in Berea and getting work in, we saw more Nick Chubb pass routes and pass attempts than I think I've seen in the previous two years in those practices combined. It was, it was, it was pretty heavy, all things considered. 216-474-0092. Question is, who helps who more this year? Is it Watson helping Chubb or Chubb helping Watson? Add Jay Peterlin on Twitter. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on The Fan. Alrighty, back out of here on the fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. Right now, we're reacting to what Stump Mitchell had to say in suggesting that Nick Chubb could get six yards per carry and lead the league in rushing yards. But what's interesting to me is that Stump went out on a limb and said, you could have a hundred carries less than anybody else in the league and could still end up getting that mark. I think that's fascinating. I think what the Browns are telling you is that even though we've all had these big high projections that Deshaun Watson was going to throw as many times as Tom Brady did in the previous couple of years, 43, 44 times a game, we have these high expectations for passing attempts for Deshaun Watson this year. I think what Stump is telling you is that it's not necessarily that Nick Chubb is going to get 20 a carry, uh, 20 carries a game or 15 a game or whatever your number is. Now, last year, we just made a ridiculously big deal about the fact that he was averaging 15 yards a carry or two years ago, averaged 16 yards a carry or excuse me, um, sorry, 16 attempts per game. Meanwhile, uh, Derek Henry averaged 27 attempts per game. And I, I just think what Stump is telling you is that part of things doesn't really matter because I think he's telling you that Nick Chubb is going to be so good and he's going to be so effective that if he can average six yards a pop, He'll lead the league in rushing, and everyone's going to be able to eat. But I'm asking you, who helps who more this year? Is it Watson helping Chubb, or is it Chubb helping Watson? And Jeremy on Twitter says it's Watson all day. Without a real quarterback, the Browns will be exactly what the same as they've been, a bad team with a great running back with nothing to write home about. Yeah, I think if you're game planning against the Browns, not knowing what you can do is the most critical thing that the Browns have going for them right now. I think that is going to be their secret weapon. It all fails if you don't have a quarterback that can turn it back around on the defense. It's like wanting to be a barber but only knowing how to cut one style of haircut. You've got to have more to what you do. Every person that comes in doesn't want a mohawk. 
You'll be out of business rather quickly. You got to be able to do multiple things with an offense. Show versatility. The Eagles, I thought, did a great job of this last year. Jalen Hurts could run it. Miles Sanders could run it. They could bomb it deep with A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. They could use the seam with Dallas Goddard. They could pick all sorts of different parts of this defense apart. They had a million different options. And I, it just it made them so valuable. Shane Steichen, who's now in Indy, got the job based off of what he did last year as the offensive coordinator for the Eagles. He went to the Super Bowl like he had a buffet in front of him, not just one meal. And so even if your meal happens to be one of those Michelin-graded meals... Michelin's on the top of my mind because, I again, we watched like seven episodes of The Bear this weekend. And so everything everything's culinary for me for the next, like, week and a half until I get The Bear out of my mind. Thank you, Chef. Yes, Chef. you got to have other ways to strike. You can have one awesome meal and it doesn't make a restaurant. you got to have a bunch of million different good options in order to have people want to come to your place. you got to do a lot of things right in the NFL. You can't just be a one-trick uh, pony. You got to be able to do a bunch of things. And in years past, let's just be honest about it. Baker had the one really good year, and that's why the Browns were able to make it to the postseason. Because from week seven on, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and you legitimately didn't know if you were to stop Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt or whether or not you were supposed to stop Baker Mayfield on any given play. And defenses had to react and respond to what Baker Mayfield could do and look up the numbers. Go look them up. I'm not going to wait all day for you. But go look him up when you get a chance. Kareem Hunt had the best season in a Browns uniform in that year where they went 11-5, and and Baker Mayfield was the best version of Baker Mayfield because life was just easier when Baker Mayfield was making defenses honor the coverages and honor everything else, honor his throws, and honor the, the second parts and second levels of the defense. It was just everything was so much easier for the run game. And so that's why I, I think Nick Chubb, has the potential to have one of the best Nick Chubb seasons we've ever had. Six yards a pop is not out of the equation for a guy that at one point a few years ago averaged 5.6 yards a pop when people were loading eight in the box and they knew what the run play was every single time. Now, yes, he's got a lot of benefits and a lot of things going for him. He's got one of the best offensive lines in the game. There's no debating that. But the Browns' ability to hit teams in a multitude of ways is going to be their bread and butter this year. Other teams just don't have a Nick Chubb. Other teams do have a Deshaun Watson. He's called Mahomes. He's called Burrow. He's called Allen. He's called Lawrence. And the AFC in particular, a lot of these teams have a bunch of different ways to get this thing done. But when I try to figure out what makes this different and stands out, this is the answer. You need to be able to do something that other teams just aren't able to do. Kansas City with Mahomes and Kelsey is something other teams just can't replicate. The Eagles with four defensive linemen with 10-plus sacks last year, other teams can't replicate that. Shanahan and his ability to take any quarterback and turn them into serviceable, other teams just have not been able to replicate that. You need your own superpower. Chubb is our superpower. Only player that is close right now is Derrick Henry, who was just tweeting out a storm moments ago. My goodness, he is big-time mad about this running back devaluation thing, as he should be, taking money out of his pockets. I get it. I understand it. But Henry's team is going to be trash. I I mean, filling out that roster, you're going to need one of those those throw-up bags next to you if you're Vrabel. My goodness. And then Dalvin Cook. 
Dalvin Cook's a free agent. If he lands in Miami, I think Miami could have a lot of the similar things that currently right now we're talking about with Nick Chubb. That would give one other team some of the same blueprint ideas, even though I think Deshaun Watson's arm is much stronger than Tua. Tua's actually, his deep his deep passes last year, the advanced analytics graded out awesome. But was that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, or was that Tua, or uh, was that Mike McDaniel? We had a lot of, we have like seven chicken or eggs within that equation. I'm not entirely sure which one it was, but Tua's deep ball was much better last year than we've ever seen it. But Deshaun Watson still is that much better. But ultimately, that would be that would be your blueprint in a, in a lot of ways. They have much better receivers than we do, but the idea that they have a, a premier running back if they land Dalvin Cook, and then we have a premier running back that other teams just don't have, but that's it. That's our difference. Talk all the time about the AFC and what makes someone special and what makes one team great, and a lot of the answers that you keep popping up with is this quarterback or that quarterback or that quarterback, and... I really do believe, because there's so many good quarterbacks in the NFL, that's just going to be the cover charge. That's the price of admission. That that makes the velvet rope get lifted up. You get into the bar. Now it's what else do you have? I think it's going to be different this year. I think I think more this year than ever because there's nine good quarterbacks in the AFC. If Deshaun Watson is one of those nine, if he's one, if he plays up to what we believe he will be, the difference for the Browns is going to be some of these other things that we haven't spent enough time talking about. The defensive line, for instance. But Nick Chubb is a big factor in that. You can average six yards a pop while also having a quarterback that can be top ten in the game. I mean, my goodness. Think about how lethal this offense could be. 216-474-0092. Who helps who more this year? Is it Watson helping Chubb, or is it Chubb helping Watson? Brad says, to answer your question, Chubb helps Watson for this season. Watson helps Chubb extend his career by protecting the tread on the tires. If Watson struggles or weather happens, which it will, he's got a workhorse to lean on, but Chubb also isn't getting pounded in the ground 24 times per game. I actually really love that point about the weather. If we have another one of those Saints games, you know, you remember the Saints game where David Njoku was out there shirtless in zero-degree weather, and then I had to come on the radio that following week. I was in for Ken and Anthony, and I'd come on the radio on Monday and be like, what an idiot. Where was Kevin Stefanski to tell him to put a shirt on? Remember remember that game? Uh, yeah, well, think about it. You have one of those games last year. They wanted to throw the ball with Deshaun Watson a lot because Kevin Stefanski was – Basically, by all costs, trying to get the rust off of Deshaun Watson. That's the only way I can look at it. I really don't believe Kevin Stefanski, in a normal headspace, would have ever made that decision ever again. I think in the moment, and I don't think he was wrong for this, but I think in that moment, all he could think to himself was, I got to get Deshaun as many live reps as I can, and I don't care how I do it. You know, live reps come at a premium. And so that's all he was doing. That's why Deshaun threw the ball 30-plus times in that game. Most normal, regular, this upcoming year type situations where Deshaun's going to have 17 games to kind of feel it all out and, you know, get his legs underneath him, those type of games, Nick Chubb's going to carry the ball a lot. I think Jerome Ford's going to get more carries in that regard, too, just for those games. 216-474-0092. Daryl in Cleveland up next on the fan. Well, Daryl. Yo, Daryl. Daryl going once, twice, three times. Ah, uh, Daryl. 
I couldn't say a lady. He's not a lady. Give me that look like you don't know that song. You know that song. I know you know that song. Once, twice, three times a lady? No. You don't? Well, not when you just say it. Maybe you sing it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, how does that song go? Maybe you, maybe you finish that one off for me. Who's it by, at least? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I maybe know the artist. There's like seven people that have covered that song. Well, name one of the seven. Not doing that, because I don't know that answer. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. I can't. That's the problem there. I'd have to, I'd have to really quickly Google it. It's the... Uh, it's it's every song you have in, in basically, I feel like there's like 75 different movies where they start off with that song going through with it. And the ending, by the way, the three times a lady part, is about as close as you're ever going to get me at this point to ever singing on the radio. That's about as, about as far as I go. I learned that lesson very early in life. There was a time I used to turn the 11 o'clock hour when I fill in for Chico and basically karaoke on this on this uh, radio station. Uh, we don't do that anymore because I, I, I know, I know, I know, it's upsetting, it's upsetting. I have the worst radio, or I, sorry, I almost said worst radio voice. I don't think I have the worst radio voice. That would have been bad to say on air. I, well, who cares? Pharrell on the bench was a rock star in this business, and he had, the, he had not even arguably, pretty matter-of-factly, one of the worst voices you could ever have to be on the radio. I like my voice. It is what it is. But I have a bad singing voice. You give me at, like, Tina's on a Saturday night, a few domestic light and colds in, you don't want to hear what's coming out. I do everyone a favor. We shut it down, John Taffer style. All right, we come on back. I want to hear from you guys. Two one six four seven four double zero ninety two. We'll also get into what Mary Kay had to say about the Greenbrier. I think there's something there that we just need to explore a little bit more with the youth of this team mixed in with the just lack of being around each other that this team has. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. We'll continue on with the conversation though. Who helps more this year? Does Watson help Chubb or does Chubb help Watson? Your phone calls are more next right here on the fan.